Hello, everyone. <clears throat> Welcome to God's Internet Church Podcast, episode 118. And we're going to be continuing our Bible study on the book of Genesis in chapter number two. But before we get back into that, I want to recap what we learned from chapter one. We learned that God created the earth between verses one through 14. We learned that he cleaned, he gathered the water into one space and we learned that the land appeared. We learned that the the heavens were made as the water was moved. We learned that he made the the vegetations and the trees. We learned that <clears throat> also that he made two lights, a, a, <clears throat> a light for the day and a light for the night. Then we learned God created the animals between verses 20 and 25. So it means we learned that he made the fish, the birds, the tame animals, the wild animals. And then we learned between verses 26 and 31, he created man or people as now we know, okay? Which it didn't really go into precise, as this said. <clears throat> that he created man in his own image. Okay. Now we're going to be focusing in some of these things that God created specifically. And one of these things are going to be the creation of man. Okay. But before we get to that point. We're going to open in prayer, and then we're going to start today's study. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus to come and be with this Bible study and let everything that is said be what you want and not what I want. We ask you in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, let's go to the book of Genesis, chapter number two. And we're going to read verses one to three for the start our study today. Okay? Verse one says, So the sky and the earth were complete. Everything that was in them was completed. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and rested on the seventh day. After all, the work that he had done first. God made. And on the seventh day, as a special day, he made it special. Because on the day he rested after his work when he had created everything. He rested. Now, we're going to look at some things here about verse 1 to 3. But we're going to look at verse 2 and 3 specifically. Okay? 
When God created everything, he rested. That meant he did not create anything else. It did not mean that he did no more work in this earth or in our lives. Okay, in other words, it just meant that God took a break. Okay, let me tell you something, saints. God later in the Bible tells us that he wants us to take to work six days. And take a rest. But the problem in today's society, people don't want to take time to rest. Even our creator worked six days and took a day of rest. And I think God is kind of wanting us to do this. For one, is to have us have time of refreshing Okay, and a time of reflecting and a time with him. In other words, what does this mean? Well, God wants you to take time to rest. He wants you to take time to gather yourself. Because, you know, I don't know about you. Sometimes after a 40-hour work week, when I used um, or how many hour work week, by the end of the week, you're tired. Depending what kind of job you do. You know, your mind's tired, your body's sore, and you just need to sit down and rest and do nothing for a certain time. Now, am I saying that God gets tired? No. That ain't what I'm saying at all. I just saying God knew how He created us, and He knew that. In that we are stubborn species in our lives, that we need to sit down and rest and take some rest, okay? And I believe God was institutionalizing this, that he wanted his creation to take time and rest, okay? Now, They take time to reflect. Maybe to take time to reflect on the week we had. Maybe to take time to reflect on the month we had. Maybe to take time on the problems that maybe we had this week. Or that week. And, may, and maybe take time to reflect. On our spiritual needs. Okay. Like we prayed but now to take time and do more prayer. And that's the next thought that I believe God was trying to tell us is that we need to take time with him. Now, am I saying the whole time we rest, should we be giving God the time? We probably should be, but God also understands that we have things going on in our lives. We have family, we have friends, we have Stuff that we need to do around the house. Now. Now. What does this mean? Well. What this means is. God wants you to take time to reflect with him. 
okay? And if we do that, like most people do on a church day, we are reflecting with him at church. But I think we also need to get where we can catch up with God and maybe pray more fully about things and start talking to God about problems that are in our lives more fully and just spend time in God's presence and worship and in praise. Now, we should be doing this during the week too, but I think it should be a bigger um, thing between you and God on this day. All right. Now, and then I think it's time for you to spend time with your family. You do God first, and then you spend time with your family. And then when you get time spent with your family, and the reason I say with your family before we move on with that is because Sometimes kids today don't get the equal time they should be getting with their mom or with their dad. And they're turning out to be mad about it, upset about it. You know, if you're working all the time, you're not helping raising your children. You might be saying, well, Pastor Ron, I need to work on Sundays. That's true. We're going to take care of that. Talk about that in a few minutes. But what about the time when you are off? Well, that's my time to rest and catch up. Yeah, but that should be also your time of spending time with God and spending time with your kids and your wife. To meet their needs. Okay. Now. Because of most of the Sabbath days. As we talk. Are days. That we go to church. But supposed to be our day of rest. But unfortunately in today's society. Sundays are being off. It's not always done for us. To rest. Because. A lot of companies make people work on the Sabbath day. Okay? But if that happens, what we need to do is find it another day and use it for a day of rest and a day of spending time with God. And family. Okay? God... Because God wants us to spend time, he wants to spend time with us, okay, and our family. So, we got to, just like we would prioritize, if it's a day where you can't work, because you got to work on the Sabbath, you need to find another day to spend time with God, and you need to find another day. To spend time with your children and your wife. Because if you're going to be an absent father. You're going to find out you're going to lose a lot of precious times. 
you know, over my years of working at factories and stuff before I couldn't work a factory anymore, I've seen a lot of fathers put 12, 14 hour days in because they wanted the money and some of them needed the money. Okay? But then they cried about or complained about how <coughs> they couldn't be with their kids. And now they're grown up and I regret it. I even heard some say that I should have been there for my kids on my day off. It's true. Let me tell you something, saints. God gave you a precious gift. Three precious gifts. He gave you him. He gave you his your, you, your wife or your husband. And he gave you your kids. And if we're not spending time with them, if you're not spending time with God like you should, it's going to hurt your relationship with God. If you're not spending time with your wife and your kids like you should, you're not spending time. It's going to, it's going to affect your relationship with your family. God gave us an order to find time to rest for a reason. Mm -hmm. He wants us to commune with him. And he wants us to commune with our kids and our family and wives. Okay? Now, I think... We're going to study this a little further in another Bible study down the road. Maybe right after this um, book of um, Genesis study on Sabbath. Because I feel something that we need to spend time with God on the Sabbath. But we people kind of take it too far. Especially some of the people in the Bible. And we'll get in that when we get to it, but getting back to what we're talking about. Now, if we spend time with God and we spend time with our wives and we spend time with our children on a special time, because your kids understand you have to work and so does your wife and so does your husband, okay? And God even understands that. God just wants you to take one day of rest. Now, he wants you to read his Bible every day. He wants you to pray. He wants you to spend time with him. But he wants an extra special time. Just like most of you probably spend a few minutes a day with your kids and your wives. And your husbands and kids. But they need a special time too. And that's what God wants. And if we do that, it would be beneficial for us to spend time with them. Okay? And that's what's wrong with today's society. We don't find time. And spend time with God. And then we wonder. And then our time with God. We do kind of kind of cafeteria style. What do you mean cafeteria style? We don't do the work of 
preparing to spend time with God, we just go in and, oh, I'll read this verse today. I'll read this verse today. I'll read five minutes here, five minutes here. It's ready for you. Grab it, eat it, boom, 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 boom. You know, you don't sit down and actually spend time. You just, you're in and out. Like you do when you're with your kid, you know, kids during the week and family, which when you're working, you're that way. And God understands that too, but you're taking time. But God is also looking for the day that you're spending time with him, where he can give you the most beneficial time, where he can speak to you, where you can speak to God and, and spend time with your family. Don't do a cafeteria style on that day. Do it. In the labor of love for God and your family. Now. <clears throat> now, we're going to look at the next section. Verses 4 through 7. And it says. This is the story of the sky and the earth, which God had created. When the Lord God made the earth and the sky, no great point were on the earth. No crops were growing. And the Lord had not yet sent rain to the earth. Also, there were still no people. And no buddy to farm the ground. And the Lord God made man out of dust. The earth he blew the breath of life into him. And man became a living person. Now this is where I said, okay, became a living person. Now, this is where I said we're going to go in more detail. Okay? Verse 4 of chapter 2. Okay? I mean, of chapter 1. <clears throat> chapter 1 told us that the, a story about how God made everything. Made the ground, the land, the oceans, the rivers, the lakes. Okay, chapter 2 tells us more detail about how God made people. And he tells us about the garden that God made for his people. Okay, so verse 5, we're going to learn about this garden, which we call the Garden of Eden. The plants that man needed for his food were not growing. There were two reasons for this. One, there was not enough water for them, but God could send that. And two, there was nobody to look after them, and the man could, could do that work. Okay? So what does this mean? It means... God had a plan for some of these plants for man to eat, but they had to be taken care of, 
okay? Because we know, we just learned that God needed someone to take care of the garden. Now, God could have supernaturally spoken those weeds and stuff would, would disappear. And the water would, you know, be brought to it. Now, at this point, we're going to find out that the watering wasn't really too much of an issue because the whole Garden of Eden was being watered, okay? And we'll get into that a little later. But God wanted, presided someone that he needed someone to take care of the land. He wanted someone to take care of this earth, okay? And so on the sixth day, I mean, verse 6, God sent the water. He put man in the garden. And verse 7 and 8, to work it. Okay. And take care of it. Many things we do. Excuse me. Many things that we do, God's work and man's work, are both necessary. So I believe what that's telling us here, God has given us two things to do. One, he wants us to take care of this land. And I think one way to take care of this land, which I think we'll get into it, is when we take one tree out, We should put it back. But we're going to get into that as we go. Now basically, what this is saying, that God made this land, but he had plans for someone to work it. And we know from chapter 1, God made man in his own image. And God planned for Adam and Eve, for man to work this garden. And basically probably gave something or goal things to do for man it says as i read god works for man and man works for man are both important so us taking care of this earth is important but also god the work that we do like taking care of our family and spending time with our family is important but also, I think God, and there's another word that God gives us, is that we got to be about God's business of witnessing for him. Okay? Uh-oh, we're talking about witnessing. The people are not even born yet. That's true. But someone had to be a guidance to the people to the kids that were going to be born, okay? And from generation to generation. And we know God, as we get into things in another chapter, does, people does put, pay tithes to God, to, you know, to him on a certain time and everything. But, 
something happened, okay? Just like it does in life. But they wouldn't be doing that if Adam and Eve didn't teach their kids that God was important. They wouldn't bring 10%. Even tithing in Genesis, we're going to find out in the other chapters. Okay? They wouldn't do, have been doing it if Adam and Eve wasn't doing their responsibility of teaching them about who God is. And Okay? Now, unfortunately, about taking care of the earth, we're not taking care of this world like we should. Years ago, if they cut a tree down, just like I was saying, they put another one back, tree back in its place. Okay? But all, nowadays, the trees are cut down and condos go up, apartments and stores go up, and I realize that not, they're not realizing that the depleting our oxygen. Now, I'm not one of those people who go on and on about being equally friendly. But I do realize that we have responsibilities. You know, in other words, I believe that and realize that we have to go with improvements. We have to modernize. But I think we have to do it where we're going to be good to our responsibilities on this earth. Okay? I just think we need to do it wisely. Because eventually, if we don't, we're not going to have anything left. Not even breathe. Because oxygen would be depleted if the trees and flowers are all gone. God has a plan for us. And part of Adam's plan was to replenish. Not deplenish. But fill the earth with his offspring. Okay? And create the world and create people and took places. Why are we here today? Let me tell you something. I know we're here not by evolutionists. Now, I know the evolutionists or the anti or yeah, atheists or someone across this come across this podcast is going to be mad. But I got bad news for you. Just Earth did not just start with a bing bang. I was not a one cell animal that started because God. God made man in his own image and then commissioned and demanded them to go out and create the earth with their offspring. 
Okay. In other words, Adam was made and we were created by that. And the Bible shows us that. Okay. And no evolution. Yes, evolution is wrong. In fact, we kind of was talking about evolution in at the church I go to to get taught and preached to at Port Huron Assembly of God by Pastor Joe Sazik. We came up in the book of John about a little bit of um, evolution. But let me tell you, evolution is a theory and it's not a proven theory and it's wrong. But there's two things that God wants us to do first. In long term, go is working and witnessing for him. And two, I think there's just a personal ministry called job that he wants us to do on some wants us to do. Some of us are going to be pastors. Some of us are prayer warriors. Some of us are Sunday school teachers. Some of us but God has gave us talents and with those talents he wants us to use them and we know that by the parable of the talents which I believe in the book of Matthew where we he gave he gave the king gave bags of money gold and then others one bag of gold another two and another three while and <clears throat> the one with the three went out and made more and the one with the two made out and made more with the money but the one with the one hid the money and didn't use his talent god wants us point of the story here is we god wants us to use our talents not just to benefit ourselves, but to benefit his kingdom. Okay? But I want to touch a little bit on evolution a little bit more. And what I meant, you know, we was not born by one-celled animals. And the Big Bang, as far as I know, it didn't exist. But, you know, that Big Bang they're talking about could have been God speaking because it did say... It was like thunder when God spoke. But the point is, the Bible tells us that we were created. Man was created by the dust of the earth and God breath in our nostrils. If we were one-celled animals, we didn't have nostrils then. But what does that tell us? That God is in control and he built this earth. And I know I'm going to get probably some flack on this. But you know what? I'm telling you the truth. Now. We talked about already about man. And God created 
which was Adam, in God's own image. But verse 7 tells us about Adam. God made a man out of dust. So he made the man body out of the things he already made. He blew the breath of life into him. This means that he made him alive. If the animals had the animals had breath, it is alive. Now, what does this mean? Well, this means that God took things around the area and made man out of the dust and blew his breath into our nostrils. So when we see the songs and worships that you gave, he gave us breath in our lungs, I believe it because the Bible tells me this. Now, this doesn't sound now. This doesn't sound that we're single cell life forms. God made man out of dust. He created us and told us he created us for a purpose. And that purpose was to take care of this world and be about the job he gave us to do. So we looked at the Garden of Eden and we looked at man. What's man's job was in the Garden of Eden and how God made man and why God made man. Okay, we're going to look at verses 8 through 17. And it says, before I read that, I want to say, I know it sounds like I doubled up there, but I got ahead of my notes and I just wanted to signify what I was trying to say. So I just read what my notes said. Now, verses 8 through 17, and it says, The Lord God planted a garden in Eden. It was the east, it was in the east, God put into the garden man who he had made. God made the trees to grow out of the garden, and trees were present to look and fair, and the, their fruits were good to eat. Trees of life was in the midst, middle of the garden. There also was there that make one able to distinguish good things and evil things. A river flowed from Eden and it watered the garden and the water divided there into four rivers. The first river is called Piston, which flowed from the region that is called Hiva. There's gold there and gold Good, good there. There's also a spice and onyx. The second river called Kaishkin is through all the region that is called Crush. Verse 14. The third river is called Tigris, which froze from the east of Sierra. And the fourth river is called the Upreps. The Lord God took man and put him in the garden. He told him to farm the garden and to look after it. 
The Lord God commanded the man, he said, eat freely of the fruit of all the trees that are in the garden. But you eat, but you not eat of the fruit of the tree that makes you distinguish good and evil things. You eat that fruit, you will certainly die. Now we cover up, we come up most of the Sorry. Now we covered up, covered most of this in the scripture. Okay, already. I want to talk about the one command there, the rule in the garden. One rule is in this garden. And you know, us humans have trouble following rules. Rules was not to eat of the tree of good and evil. Well, later on, we're going to find out what Adam and Eve, if they kept this rule or not. On some other part of the Bible study, not today. Let me tell you something, saints. This society, God wants us us to follow his commands, our society and rules. God wants us to listen to his commands. There was just one rule, and later we find out that they broke that rule and what caused sin to come into this world. Let me tell you something. It's better to obey God Better to listen to his rules and not break his rules. Before the Ten Commandments, there was just one rule. Not to eat of this tree. And they ate of it. And it caused sin into our society and our lives. And that's why we need a reason for our, our Savior Jesus to come. I implore you, as we get more in depth with I implore you give me a second here As we get more in depth, when we come to that part of the scripture, the follow of rules, follow the rules of the land, we got to listen to Jesus. Tells us in the book of Matthew, give Caesar what is Caesar and give God what is God. And I believe that includes obeying the laws and obeying God's laws. Well, pastor, what are you talking about? What is what if some man's laws are against God's laws? Well, I say follow man's laws if they don't contradict God's laws. 
and if they do follow God's laws. But let me tell you, they will have consequences. But following God's laws are going to be more hospitable. In the end, more beneficial. But you need to follow both laws unless they contradict the laws of Christ. Now, am I telling you to go out and break the laws? No. Well, man, no. I'm telling you to follow them and live them. But if there's some that go against the Bible, well, it tells you to follow God's man's laws too. Now, we're going to look at verses 18 to 21 for our next section. And I'd like to take this time to apologize. Um, my notes, for some reason, they're giving me some problems here. And I'm that's why it sounds like that... Um, I'm doubling up because I want to make sure that you're getting my notes. See, the notes are being piped into me and they're not coming through like they should be. So that's why I'm compensating by reiterating some things. Just don't want you to make it think I'm sounding like a babbling fool. I just, the devil's, I think the devil's attacking this because he don't want you to know what I'm trying to teach you here. So just be patient with us. And we'll try to get the um, thing created. I mean, fixed. They're working on it as we speak. Now, we're going to look at verses 21, 18 through 21. After the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I would make a helper for him. A helper shall be suitable for him now. The Lord God had made out of the ground every animal of the earth. He had made every bird that flies in the air. He brought them to the man so that the man would name them. Whatever the name the man gave, that's what the name of each animal. Adam gave names to all the tame animals. He gave names to all the birds. He gave names to all the wild animals. But none of them was a helper or suitable for Adam. So the Lord God made Adam sleep. While Adam slept, God took a bone out of Adam's body, which was a rib. Then he closed the place in the body. And the Lord God changed the bone that he had taken from Adam. And made the bone become a woman. It brought her to and brought her to Adam. So this talks about a few things here. Okay, first of all, it's telling us that God took Adam in the garden to dress it and land, but He also took Adam to find a helpmate or someone to be his companion for him, and also talks about and names the animals. And whatever Adam called them is what we call them today. So when so when we when he saw the tame animals, as if said it named them dogs, and he named them dogs. 
There it goes again. Sorry, we're having some problem with the thing. It's doubling up for a reason. He named them cats for a reason. He named them wild animals, what they were, for a reason. And that's why they, what they still call them today. But they're going through, they couldn't find a companion for Adam. So going back to the, the scripture, God made woman, which is Eve. Okay. And it said that he put Adam to sleep, took out one of his bones, which is a rib in most translations, and he made woman out of the bone. And there's an extra rib bone in the women's body. It actually the extra rib from a man and she's supposed to the man that's supposed to marry. She's supposed to marry. Now you might be saying, Pastor Ron, what about ones that married three or four times? Well, obviously if they got divorced or something happened, it must not have been the right bone from that man. <laughs> I was just a little joke, uh, no. It just means that maybe they didn't catch on to the right person at the right time. And you might be saying, well, I know people that got married after their husbands and wives died. And they had good relationships. I believe that too. But I believe maybe the first husband was the one that they found the bone, but then God allowed them to have companions afterwards. Marry and have companionship afterwards. Just like he did Adam and Eve. <clears throat> what? Now, God made man out of man. And that's why Adam called her woman. He was made And then named her Eve. Okay. And she was a suitable partner for Adam. He, Adam created. For Adam. Okay. God wanted to create. And cause. Someone to be. With him. To be a helpmate. To be companion. And to be a mate. So. Just like the tame animals and the wild animals and and the birds of the air and everything. He asked them to, to go on and create children and stuff in this place of the earth populated. He wanted Adam and Eve to do the thing. God wanted people on this earth. Okay. All right. God wanted uh, Adam and Eve to populate this earth, just like He ordered the birds and the wild animals and the tame animals to do. Okay, we're going to come to the last section of this. 
verses 23 to 25. All right, then we'll close and talk about it and close in prayer because we're getting close to the end. And Adam said, this is the this is bone. This is my bone and, and, and part of my body. I shall call her woman because she came out of men. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and he and his wife joined. And then the two people became one. And Adam and his wife were both naked and they did not think that it was wrong. So basically kind of talking about confirming what I just said. He made man and woman to come to join with his wife, not with his partner or with her partner. With their with with their wives and husbands become one. They become a family. Okay. What does what does marriage that's what marriage is. Sorry, we're having problems with the equipment again. Not two men partners getting married and not two women partners getting married. And a lot of people say, why do you say being gay is a sin? Because it's just that. Right there. It says it right there that it's a sin when it talked about man and woman coming together to be married. And it also shows us later in the book of Genesis, which we'll get to, is Solomon Gomorrah, which means I'm a minister of God and I have to preach what God tells me. And being gay is sin. God don't make mistakes as the world wants us to believe. They think God made a woman inside this man, inside a man, and don't, it don't work that way. God made that man a man for a reason, and he made that woman a, a woman for a reason. So now we came to the end of our podcast, okay, because I don't want to get too going too much on that. Because we're going to be sharing with it when we get to the Solomon Gomorrah. But I will say this. To recap. A little bit. That. When God made the constitution of marriage. It was man and woman. Joining together becoming one. Not man and man and woman and woman. <laughs> okay. So. If I offend you today, it's not me offending you. I'm just a tool for God. I'm a messenger from God. And it tells us that it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve or Eve and Monica. God made this world for us to produce children. And no, I'm not trying to beat up on gay people or, or, you know, or knock it down. But what I'm saying is, it's sin. It's plainly. And I don't know how 
they can't see it from the Bible when it's right there. And I don't understand how ministers are allowed to happen to let people be in their congregations without dealing with it. But on that note, I'd like to say thank you for watching. Join me next Tuesday for God's Internet Church podcast, episode 119. And we're going to be studying chapter number three. And I'd like to apologize for the equipment mess up. I got the I got the, the words being fed to me and kind of like a, a cue thing, you know, because I wrote it out. Um, I'm trying this new equipment, but it's not working right. So I don't know if we'll use it again or not, but I apologize I overcompensated because with some of it, because I wanted to make sure we got it out right. So if it sounded like I was repeating myself a lot, some of the same points is because I had to, because I wanted to make sure it sounded and got out there. So be patient with us as we learn this new equipment and we're using it for God's glory. Father, we ask you to, oh, before we pray, I want you to join me this Sunday night for God's Internet Church online service at 7 o'clock last week. <coughs> excuse me. Last week, we, due to illness, as you see, I'm still coughing a little bit. We wasn't able to be on the air, so we uh, put a rerun on. I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It was one that God opened up in my mind. And, but we should be back on the air this Sunday and live. And then join us Friday nights at 7 o'clock, which I know it hasn't happened yet, but I going to think it's going to happen now, this Friday, for God's Internet Church. Friday night Bible study on the book of Proverbs chapter number 18. So we can get going on that podcast again. Uh, broadcast uh, Bible study again. But on that note, and then join us next week for chapter 3 of God's Internet Church podcast, episode 119. And I'm still having trouble with all that. That's all came in. I think I got it all said. But on that note, we're going to close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to be with us as we all go our separate ways this week. Let us take this word, the ones that are listening, help us apply it to our lives and use it for your glory. We ask you in Jesus' name, amen. And on that note, I'll see you next time for God's in the Net Church podcast. Episode 119. Have a blessed week and God bless you.